0: Flood Media acknowledges the Yagara and Turrbal people upon whose land we live. Dispossession of common land is crucial to capitalism, and we share material interests with indigenous movements for justice and for self-determination. This it is disingenuous. It was, it was the situation now is even worse. Flood is not above the poverty line. Boys, boys,
1: boys.
2: (laughs) 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 Hi, everyone. Uh, This is
0: your host, Matt. Uh, We're joined by Ryan and Declan.
1: Hello. My name is Ryan.
0: Hi, I'm Declan. Um, (laughs) We're here to record um, the first episode of all three volumes, which is a new show that Flood Media will be doing, um, where us three read all three volumes of Karl Marx's Capital. Um, And
1: you, the listener, and also, probably. If you wish to. I reckon it makes sense. I think you'll get a lot more out of it. This is a long-term project as well. We don't need you to have read all three by the weekend or anything. Oh, no,
0: so. no, 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 no. I, if you can read all three by um, 2030. 30? Yeah, it seems about right. That sounds brilliant. Um, what we're, Why do we want to do this, boys? What's the go?
1: Well, God, it's been a long time since I've read a book, Declan. Mm. And I really want to like... Open up my mind to the power of reading a book and taking in some new thoughts. Like I would say intellectual curiosity is
0: my main driver for this. Yeah, I mean I think it's good to learn. It's mm. never bad to learn. Um I have a little book for my child called It's a Mitzvah. Um, <laughs> a mitzvah is like a Jewish um like a valorization of yeah, like, like certain tasks. It's like yeah it's yeah, mildly yeah, yeah. holy to do these like to do uh-huh, these things. Uh-huh. So like I don't know, it talks about being pious in like with, like Different language, um, so a mitzvah is like a blessing or whatever. One of the th- one of the mitzvahs for for Jews yeah. is to learn and to read books. What we're doing is couldn't a mitzvah. agree
1: more. We are doing a mitzvah. That's truly
2: beautiful. That's a beautiful sentiment. Um So we thought that. <laughs> so the reason we're reading this is primarily as a mitzvah. Uh, we thought that as a mitzvah, we would read one of the uh, I would say more Jewish books of all time. Yeah, the most Jewish book of yeah. all time. Yeah, it's, isn't it? Surely the Torah is the most Jewish book of all time Yeah, look, I accept that Okay, we're going to read
1: <laughs> <laughs> Debatable look, Top the, 12, maybe top 20 Jewish books of all time But this is
2: at least This, this is probably the second most Jewish book of all time uh, Which is <gasps> Karl Marx's book, Capital
1: Look, this is a, I think this is a great time to talk about Look, Flood, now You know, it's been re- We've finally There's been a bit of a hiatus and there's, a, there's been a flood of Flood content again lately Flood is now primarily Dad cast. Yeah it is. Declan, Declan's a dad.
0: Uh, yeah, I've become a dad.
1: Yeah, Declan is incredibly sleep deprived on account of being a, a dad. dad. Ryan, what is your relationship to fatherhood? Yeah, look, and I will soon soon I will join the ranks of fatherhood. We're all firing on all cylinders is the key thing.
0: Yeah, you simply got to remember that. <laughs> mm. This is Peak performance. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, dad um, asked, This is I'm, what peak performance sounds like. I
2: myself am not a father. I'm just like this. <laughs> There's no reason for it. So
1: we've moved on from being fail sons to... Fail dads. Fail dads. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Matthew may be the most failed dad of all a, in that he's not even a dad. Correct. I'm a fail uncle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like failed <laughs> at being a dad.
1: But, and as such, perhaps more relevant... Than tenuous Jewish connection The most failed dad of all time Was Karl Marx Oh my god oh oh, Huge failed dad <laughs> An amazing failed dad And yet, yeah, like He sat down and he read a lot of books And we yeah. want to emulate him in this fashion and By look, reading
0: at least one book Although he wasn't a great father He sure had a bit of an influence on the world <laughs> <laughs> And I think we can all hold that dear <laughs> Yeah So uh, Intellectual curiosity As it is Uh huh Why why is it even good to read a book?
1: Well, our movement, uh, ill-defined as it is, to try and help move towards a better future, requires what we've mostly talked about on this podcast over the years, going outside and talking to strangers. You simply gotta. That's huge, number one. Now that we've won a handful of small gains, we've begun to realise maybe you need to think about things there might need to be a theory we don't have a theory we need theory yeah i think theory is important
0: yeah i think i think you get better at talking to strangers if you understand the world better mm. like the more the better your understanding of the world and and also the clearer your own sense of how the world works the easier you can articulate that sense in many different forms mm. to someone and bring them closer to the same sense of the world and the same sense of the world might infer some sort of strategic unity between you and this person That could bring us closer to the world that each of us You and this the the beautiful stranger Want I think, I'm just going to say it I think there is a dialectical relationship
1: Oh hell yeah, I was literally thinking this Go off King
2: Because <laughs> what you do right is you go out and you talk to strangers And you get a sense Through doing this, by acting on the world You get a sense of how the world works And what you need to do to change it mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And if you don't act in the world And if you just sort of live in a pod um or you post on the internet all day and, and just uh, the bugs yeah you read things on the internet um then you don't act on the world and so uh half of that relationship is missing um but equally what happens is you, you you act on the world and then you attempt to theorize and to understand what you did and why you did it and what the results of that were and why you got those results um and then you formulate a theory about this And at that stage you do in fact Sit in a little room and think about it for a while And then That enables you to go back out into the
1: world So that's a beautiful dialectical relationship Yeah and then you try and see if your new theory Of how the world works based on <laughs> Thinking and also Doing, yeah it's a, it's a beautiful cycle I guess to, to sum that up We think the movement needs some Intellectual rigour which requires you To like grapple with complex thoughts That are longer than a tweet
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the thing is it's the the world is far from what we want it to be, right? Like, all of us are far away from having, like, a secure house and housing. Mm -hmm. um, All of us struggle with many facets of our day-to-day life. (laughs) 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 Uh, I haven't done the mowing nearly as regularly as I should for for so long. Um, So, like, I guess trying to yeah, we, to, we need a plan to figure out to how a, to do Declan's mowing. Trying to plot a course between the world as it is and the world as, it, as as it could be better involves some sort of like under some sort of like analytical sense of how you might plot a course. Like if you were sailing, you couldn't just be like, "Oh, let's just go over there." You've got to have a bit of a sense of how the winds work. How does the sail work? How does the rudder work? All these sorts of things. And in society, which is infinitely more complex, I would venture to say, um, than like sailing a boat across the ocean you you have to have a, some bit of a sense of what all the mechanics at play are mm. um, and you're not going to engage with that really seriously in, a, in some sort of short form sense like when people are able to articulate a really clear set of like analytical positions about you know hypotheses about how these how these systems work together it necessarily has to be quite big and that involves reading a book and not the internet and in general the internet has had a really corrosive Role on intellectual on life brain. Yeah. On my brain, personally yeah. like,
2: Extremely personal. The internet is, is the enemy of brain Yeah In my view I think I'm think i still thinking about why it's such a mitzvah to read a book I'm still hung up on this concept of it being a mitzvah I like that a lot, actually um, Because it's true It allows you to express that the benefits of reading a book Are often not easily described, right? Like we... We know that it's good to do this um, And we know on some level We'll Like We understand instinctively Mm. Mm -hmm. That there will be a whole series of benefits to your life
1: Yeah Like there is on my bedside table A lot of books that I have always intended to read Yeah
2: (laughs) And we also understand on some level that Well The Current status of the world And really particularly the current status of a lot of Left-wing thought Mm. Really These benefits that we get from reading a book are not present, right? We we don't mm. in some ways we don't have the time. We don't have the time to sit down and to concentrate. We've got too many books competing for our attention. We've got too many tweets. We've got too many posts. Um, too many y- YouTube too many videos. YouTube videos. We're mm. bombarded with information, uh, from all the different streams and we end up assembling this view of the world that is this kind of pastiche of impressions. This kind of images that flicker across our screen and they're kind of gone and we end up with very strong feelings about things that we maybe, we don't know why we hold these feelings or we don't know how to follow it up. We we're left with a very clear and intense sense that we ought to be doing something and then we don't know what to do about it. Um, and yeah. then we move on to the next thing.
0: Yeah. I think we're, we're like outside of, outside of like, rigorous kind of long form things like books where we're really trained to think in really short distracted ways mm. Yeah, and like whether i think about like the influence of tv on on like me as a, as a child where like every 10-15 minutes you're like your ability to follow the narrative is interrupted and you're asked to like to follow like another 15 like really short 30 second narratives about why you should buy some dross mm. um or like the internet in general where it's just like Dross, 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 <laughs> dross, Dross, Dross. Actually something relatively interesting, but still really just a single thought. Um mm. the what I think that what I think the like the effect of this over over a decade or two um is on the human brain is to like remove your ability to think about one thing for long enough to actually make any headway. Mm. Um and I think like part of why reading a book is a mitzvah, regardless of the book, is that it takes a long time, and so you actually have to very slowly learn to concentrate. And part of, like, for me, part of why I don't want to do this, I want to learn to concentrate on one idea for a few years. I think maybe I can get some, some real progress if I learn to concentrate. I, we,
1: I feel we've almost belabored the point, but it's so interesting how much we almost feel the need to defend the fact that we want to sit down and read a book. <laughs> I guess because we're also trying to bring you in on this. You may not think that you're the kind of person who has the brain power left to concentrate on a book, and I kind of agree with you, which is why we're going to try anyway. I think, like, yeah, the working class needs to help itself learn. Like, that's one of the things that Marx was genuinely trying when he wrote his book. And so we're starting a book club with you, dear listener. Start reading a book with us, even though it's hard. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, the other thing is that, like, what we want to do, the uh, changes that we want to make to the world that we live in, this is clearly a long-term project. Like this is clearly, we have to develop the Cassidy to think a, at least a decade in advance. Mm. You know, maybe we need to be saying like, where do we want to be ten years, twenty years from now? And when
1: the when there's a state green goods government, for example.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, and the impact of that, like the the way we're processing information now in little kind of drips and drabs and chunks works against the uh, sustained long-term planning that we actually need to be doing and i actually do think it's relevant that we're starting this at the same time that uh, we've become failed ads (laughs) i mean i'm not myself a failed ad but
1: you you can be honorary failed
2: as an honorary failed ad it doesn't make like it makes sense that well, you have a kid. You know, that twenty years from now, you're still going to have that kid. You're yeah, starting a family. Yeah, this is very it's well articulated. Like, s- it is
1: genuinely part of the thing. It's like it's I've become comfortable with making plans that are decades long. Yeah. So, such as reading all three volumes. Of,
0: yeah. Example. And and you've got like some sort of like investment in the direction of society over a much longer period. Like, mm. I think you know, even even five ten years ago, like the horizon is like maybe one or two years. In the future, it's like, well, maybe I can get some sort of, like, job that pays me securely. Mm. And maybe I can get some <laughs> sort of, like, that, maybe I could get some sort of, like, secure living, like, secure, comfortable living arrangement. Mm. That sounds really good. Um, and look, it still does sound really good. But, like, <laughs> I think, yeah, this sort of investment in, in not, like, in, in the future to such a huge extent. Um, I think, like, what we're trying to get at is the need for strategic thinking um, around producing the future.
1: So, I think this neatly folds into why we're reading this book. We we know we're pretty hype on reading a book, it turns out. Yeah, yeah, we we all agree on so reading So, now we're books. actually going to read quite an
2: old book. Yeah. So, what's the book that we're reading, everyone? Uh, we we're that?
0: reading Capital Volume 1 right now. Yeah. Um, we're going to then follow that up with Capital Volume 2 and mm-hmm. then Capital Volume 3. I see. Um, so, Karl Marx's Capital is... It's got to be one of the most influential books outside of the Bible or the Torah. Yeah or
2: Harry Potter um yeah. um yeah top 5 most influential books of all time probably right like what are the what are the biggest books ever written it's like
0: religious books mm. and then like is that it potentially um don quixote is the first novel or whatever that's true
1: that's true i remember that you see that in the like top 5 books yeah all time it's like the
0: ori- like the
2: origin of species
0: or something mm.
1: yeah. honestly that's a good read i read that
2: yeah yeah um but it's one of like yeah, first, the, obviously one of the most influential books of all time, um, critical to any kind of left-wing thought
0: since the moment that it was yeah, written. Yeah, people have either been, like, everyone's had to define, like, left-wing thought has been defined in either in opposition to it or in, in support of it, like, since it's since it's been written.
1: Mm. Yeah, and uh, I guess there's also been a trend in recent decades, uh especially in the intellectual spheres away from Marxism. Um, so we kind of want to just reset, read one of the... <laughs> uh, yeah, like, basically the first time someone has tried to grapple with capitalism as it was growing.
0: Yeah. And uh, so I think, like, are we still living in capitalism is p- part of the question. Like, I mean, like, I obviously we, we all think we are or we wouldn't be reading this book, but, mm. like, how do how do we know? Like, well, I, f- I hope I will be able
1: to answer that with a lot more clarity... After I finish reading this book Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So
2: for me it's like The deal with this book is it's one of the most Influential books It's also one of the most Perhaps misinterpreted books It's a book that a lot of people Talk about without having actually read Part of the reason for that Is because it's a genuinely difficult read Mm. And it's not a book that you can Just breeze through, it's not a book that just Tells you up front Like this is what it's about Um it's a book that requires a lot of engagement with it's a book that requires you to really think about what you just read it's a book that uh in some ways is very open to interpretation also a book that people form very clear and conflicting opinions on it's not a book that you can like it's it's not a book that lends itself to kind of dipping into i think Mm.
0: yeah and I think what we were talking about with like other really significant texts being religious texts is also something that kind of has happened with Marx to some extent, where it's it is treated as a religious text, where it's like, well, hang on, in this chapter and this line, he says this, so that yeah, means yeah, that yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. saying about X is wrong. Like you're you're going against God by saying by saying that. Um, and I think yeah, reading it and d- being able to ve- develop some sort of because it's written, you know, 150 years ago now. Mm. So it's written at a very different point in capitalism. Capitalism is an incredibly dynamic system. It's surely functions very different now than it did then. So it's interesting. I, I'm hoping that, like, kind of getting these broad principles of someone who is just trying to clock it as, as a particular, like, social arrangement and articulate that for the first time will give us these kind of broad kind of principles through which to understand how it's functioning now, yeah. firstly in the ways that it's very different and then the ways that it's similar. Yeah. And I mean, I also hope to like,
1: I guess we haven't finished this, so we don't really know where we're going to stand. But like, I think you will, get, you will gain something from reading this, even if we fun, like end up disagreeing with huge chunks of it or thinking that like so much stuff needs to be updated or whatever. Like, it's definitely something where we've got to start with.
0: I think an l- interesting thing to talk about will be Um, How strong Marxist thought is, um, firstly, in the general population, secondly, in the academy, Mm -hmm. um, at different points in history over the last, say, 100 years, Mm -hmm. and how that tracks with the general well-being of the working class. Because I have a sense that during the 80s and 90s, a lot of Marxist scholarship was, like, removed from the academy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that that... (laughs) I'm not saying sort that this is in- causative. Intentionally, yeah. I mean, I think through yep. perfidious activities. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but I, th- I don't say say it's causative. But I do think that there is some sort of relationship between the the general strength of the working class and its ability to assert its own interests in the like, and the strength of these ideas within that class.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah, there's a few things, right? Like one of the things. So first, certainly we really did used to have a lot more, like, working-class Marxist scholars. And it really is true. People, like, used to be buried with volumes of capital. Mm. Like, it used to be the case that you get self-educated people who'd worked in factories all their life who would be introduced to this book and would read it Mm -hmm. and
0: take it seriously. Well, you look like after the Cuban Revolution and, like, so many people you know, illiterate, like, illiterate workers were taught to read with this text. Like, mm. this is the first thing that they ever read. Um, it's pretty wild. Which seems like hard mode, but, you know... It's like, extremely hard mode. There's a long tradition of, of non... Like, people self-educating with this text. Mm.
1: And, and, like, Marx was writing this truly with the intention that, like, late 19th century, um, yeah, factory workers in... England and Germany would like and France would like teach themselves about this yeah like truly that was the intention it wasn't I guess it was never intended to be like this incredibly academic work even though it is like a huge tome and very dense
0: well I think that's because academia was very different then Mm -hmm. as well it was far less specialized like everyone was just a gentleman scholar really Mm. um so everyone was I think much more like much more amateur like yeah everyone who was a scholar was just like Either independently wealthy, or like Marx had an independently wealthy like benefactor, <laughs> mm. um, and they, you know, they they were like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go on the beagle. I'll take I'll write down all the animals I see <laughs> when I'm on the beagle, um, or whatever uh. it is. You know, like people people would go, you know, like like banks or whatever in Australia. Like these these kind of gentleman scholars would like undertake this kind of pursuit of knowledge, which was emerging as a, as a new kind of like practice at this time as well. Mm. And so Marx is like. Also doing that, but instead of the field of knowledge that he's trying to clock being like how animals work, mm-hmm. or you know what's the go with rocks, mm. he's trying to figure out well how does how does human history like develop and change? Um, and there's like a degree of teleology in Marx about like I guess this inevitable transition between various social forms, which I think is probably out of fashion now. Mm. Um, I guess. But like that's what he's trying to do is be like okay, as inevitably as you know, adult, like one species evolves, so do societies, and so he's trying to crack like a, a a replicable formula for understanding history.
2: So for me, there's a pretty clear theory about what we're doing and why, which is okay. Um, first, we have now we have a media environment where people are encouraged to think in very short bursts where it's difficult for a bunch of reasons to engage in a sustained way with a, with a book or with any kind of long-term intellectual activity. Tick. So um, we're trying to like yeah. fight that. Yep. Some of that's social media and some of that's uh, life insecurity. Mm-hmm. Some of that's the difficulty of making long-term plans in your own life. Yeah. Um, there's all kind of factors going on there. And so engaging with Marx and with specifically Capital, one of the longest and densest um, and most influential books ever written is a way to strike back against that and to swim against the tide on that issue. Yeah. Uh, also, specifically now, there's been over the last, uh, really kind of starting in the 80s, there has been an attempt to more or less systematically purge Marx from first the Academy and then in more, more generally uh, really any kind of popular thought, Mm-hmm. And so this makes it harder for us to realize, really, how much more common, not just Marx specifically, but Marx, Marxian, Marx-influenced ideas. Um, and importance of historical yeah. materialism. Yeah, and like historical materialist ideas, the concept of class war, the concept that there are distinct classes and that there is a conflict between them, even ideas like... The kind of ideas that you might have if you're a conservative or a liberal and you're still forced to respond to Marx and to treat him seriously, Mm. these have been kind of purged from a history. And it's very easy to forget now how important these used to be.
0: Yeah, I I was reading um, Robert Hughes' book, A Fatal Shore, which is a history of... um, convicts in australia and it's really really good and as i was reading i was like oh this you know it's not it's not explicit but this this author must be a marxist because some Mm -hmm. of the ways he's framing this kind of like inherent class conflict um and some of like the kind of historical notes he's touching on Mm -hmm. seem obviously to me part of a kind of like have similarities with other kind of like marxist histories and like of of the period that i've read um when I like looked into it a bit further, he's like definitely not right. He's like an upper class art historian mm-hmm. who de- the book is dedicated to Malcolm Turnbull's son. Incredible. Um, it's it's incredibly not a Marxist history, yeah. but I think the the strength of Marx in the academy at that time meant that even even people who would kind of understand themselves as politically opposed to it are still kind of writing through that logic. Yeah, yeah. I think Robert Hughes's
2: brother or father or something was a liberal MP, I believe. Um, And that's, The Fatal Show is a really good example of this, where if you read this book, it's so clearly a materialist history. It so clearly understands capital and empire and class in a pseudo-Marxist way. Um, It's clearly absorbed these ideas. And the fact that even, obviously, a conservative intellectual, like, Mm. you you know, someone who has this connection to liberal politics still has to think in these terms... That's very, like, that's what's gone away. Like, you wouldn't, you would never get a, a liberal MP or you would never get a really any form of kind of committed conservative writing a book like that now. Yeah. So, I guess there's a
1: reason we're not reading a modern economics text yeah. to learn about capitalism. Yeah. Because even, even our enemies aren't really, like thinking very well about capitalism
0: anymore well yeah. and yeah. even like other t- other texts written by people who would like understand themselves as part of a left would still like not have a like the same sort of materialist version of history um there's like more emphasis on i don't know institutions or ideas and the way that ideas move through populations or more in, mm. like more em- emphasis on on i guess um uh, like other kind of mechanisms for for how like how social change is produced, yeah. Mm-hmm. Compared to compared to this, and like even people on the left are kind of are able to kind of write quite big, quite sophisticated ideas, but don't rely on a Marxist sociology, or at least even addressing yeah, which, which, some of the important, things. which aren't inflected by a Marxist sociology. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But this is the other point, right? So what we've seen in recent years is that we've seen a big recurrence, a resurgence of the radical left. Uh, a self-consciously radical left, a left which may consider, which positions itself as anti-capitalist, mm-hmm. um, or sometimes anarchist, sometimes uh, socialist.
0: Um, but often generally but quite confused, I think but it's often, fair to often say. But often
2: quite confused. And I
0: think, like, so so, what we're trying to do is, like, part of that confusion um, comes from just the, the broad defeat that the left suffered through the 80s and 90s, um, particularly at the, with the end of the Soviet Union. Um, and what, what we're looking at now, you know, 30, 40 years past, past this defeat is that we, in order to make the world more like what we want it to be, we're still coming up against the same blocks that people came about before. It still feels like. Big corporations mm-hmm. have an ability to shape what happens in society much more than anyone else does. Social media, you know, social media corporations have an ability to even, like, influence the the mechanism through how we think mm. more than anything else. You know, everyone's still exposed to ads all day, every day, which kind of, at, at very, very baseline, confirmed that maybe you can fill that hole inside you with a purchase. <laughs> you know, every... The
1: what if I bought more little Space Boys? What if I had a Space Boy? What that's if true. my
0: little dolls did were really good at fighting? Yeah, and I can know? paint them. Wait,
2: guys, maybe capitalism's good. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. But what <laughs> if I had yeah. a little Space Boy?
0: What if I had my better Space Boys? You yeah. Know, what, what if I actually had a really good computer and could play really sick games? Oh, I that's true. That's, no, that's important though, and I do want that. Yeah. Um. You know, the various kind of like, but the, the so the ways we're kind of programmed to think and the ways we're taught to think. Um, And the objections to moving to a world where I'm able to, you know, where both me and my partner are able to spend most days at home without, like, raising our child or, um, you know, I can go and hang out with my friends at the beach semi-regularly. Yeah, alive in the sunshine. The sorts of things that, that, like, I actually find much more satisfying than computer games or filling the hole inside me. The sorts of, like, objects between us and these sort of ideal lives are still the same as they were a long time ago. Um, or you know, not even a long time, fifty years ago. So, part of the confusion on the left is this inability to strategize through that uh, through that block. Like, how do we actually get through power as it's as it's organized? So,
1: mm. we do care about power.
0: We do care about power, and, and we care about like how a... like how power is organized and how power shapes our lives. It and does
1: feel like a lot of modern uh, leftist thought fails to confront power properly.
0: Properly, yeah. And and it talks which, about it in very diffuse ways. Which comes
1: to the question I find very meaningful, which is, is the left real? Are we part of it? What's going on?
0: Yeah, and I think like I think it's really complicated because I think I think the left is real as a as an intellectual tradition.
1: Mm-hmm. Um I think the left isn't real and it can't hurt you.
0: I think the left was so brutally destroyed. Yeah. Um that like that, it's, that all the sort of like left group schools that exist, like whether it's the Trots or us to some extent mm. or anyone else, is really no more than fifty, hundred people, and like, <laughs> like. But I guess like when not it, capable, of, not capable of shaping the world in any in any meaningful way. Well,
1: this is why I mean when the left isn't real in the sense that like <laughs> you've managed to define it down to like probably like fifty active people in Australia, whereas like a huge chunk of people who were to the left of. Malcolm Turnbull would consider themselves left and there's still an idea of a left right spectrum which I and I think a lot of these ideas are more confused and less e- easily aligned than ever yeah. which is why we I guess we really do want to define a coherent politics for the movement that is transcends that yep so uh, we're going back in time baby to the historical text of the left well and i think like (laughs) and i
0: think like why that like why everyone's able to like define themselves as left despite having completely different understanding of what the world is is because no one's talking about what capitalism is you know like Mm. no one talks and Mm. people who talk about capitalism talk about it as like a moral problem like yeah what capitalism is is it's when big greedy people make lots of money yep and that's bad yeah, 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 um, yeah, because it means that there's less money for 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 you and me. Which look, I don't like necessarily disagree with, but I think. But yeah, then that's
1: a problem of tinkering around the edges and about regulations, well, and not actually awesome. about the, the fundamentalism of society. Are actually
0: like so, it's, but it's not talking about like what like what capitalism is as as a mechanical process of how society organizes itself and reorganizes yep. itself every, you know, day yeah. and year and stuff like yeah. that yeah. and how that produces power. And I think you need to have that conversation in order to strategize a way like a way through it. Like you just yeah. you need to understand the mechanics if you're gonna start being like, well, should I remove this cog or that cog? Mm. You know if I'm gonna throw a spanner in the works, should I throw it down the rubber chute, or should I throw it into the gears? Mm. I think there is there is something that thinks it's of itself
2: as the left. Mm-hmm. There's in fact, a lot of people who are have some sort of in many cases, very strong emotional affiliation to broadly the left, something that they think of as the left. yeah, um, I think there's and in fact, like, I'm often surprised by how often you casually hear this like kind of the the terminology of
1: the radical left kind of floating around in normal conversations. There's clearly I like, think and I think like as the Sanders and old mate Corbyn like the the, the the recent history has helped popularize a lot of that. Because I think most regular ass people do agree with the goals, but yeah, I think there is like there's not enough like rigor or understanding behind all that. And it can be unlike, qu- I think a lot of those people who s- want to talk about the terms of the radical left still fundamentally have like a, like baseline liberal understanding of the way the world works, because that's the only thing that you can get. And the zeitgeist, right? Like, ha- unless you try really hard to say, by going back 150 years and reading a really dense book, like you just end up with the mainstream understanding of kind of like a soft liberal understanding of how the world works. Oh.
2: I think crucially here, um, it's true that we have a yeah a, a left which is, in, in some ways, we have people who are very kind of motivated, like they're very aware that there is a problem, yeah. very motivated to solve the problem. They have mm-hmm. quite a, a moralistic understanding of the problem, where it's like, which is kind of, which is true, where it's like, the world is bad because there's baddies, which I think is in part largely generated by uh, the social media and the kind of shortening of attention spans. Mm. Um, but I also think, importantly, first, that we have a left that is in some ways conscious of itself that it's not achieving what it wants to. Yep. And I think that we kind of went through this brief moment of, like, Jeremy Corbyn and Bernie Sanders in, like, the in the English-speaking world. And when these projects failed to immediately succeed, and not just, like... And the Corbyn project kind of failed a lot more definitively than Bernie Sanders did mm. I don't think that Bernie Sanders really failed in so much He just did not instantly become president from nothing <laughs> Which is actually not, no one can do that Yeah, exactly Right um, But we now have a left that feels itself to a fail that is kind of directionless mm. And in fact, what it has failed to do is to strategize for the long term And say, well, okay, that clearly got us one step closer to where we want to be so there's going to be another, you know, 20 or 30 steps yeah. before we're there. But so I, I also think we have that. But I also think the left taken as a whole doesn't really understand that it has this problem. And I mm. think that puts for me, I guess it, it feels like it puts me in a kind of tricky position. Right. Because I'm looking at it going, OK, we have all these kind of like uh, leftists on the Internet in person kind of doing different things. Um I think they don't really want to say, okay, we've got some some of these internal problems that are inhibiting us from doing what we want to do. Um, we kind of failed once and then gave up or we didn't have a clear idea of the next steps. So instead of kind of making a plan or kind of picking yourself back up and saying, well, it's going to be a long-term project, we're just kind of getting mad online. Mm. But I also, if we're now in a position of kind of telling people off, like you end up, you end up as a often if you're trying to make this more like materialist marxist kind of line you do end up feeling you're trying to negotiate like on the one hand you're saying to people i I feel like i kind of know what you should be doing on the other hand there's really no reason i'm not an authority nobody has any reason to consider me an authority i'm just some guy on the internet um you don't like this this is There's no, I don't have the capacity to tell people what to do. And in fact, this is not a project about telling people what to do. I think that the correct way to read Marx is not as an authority, because I think that in fact, that's where Marxism has historically gone really badly wrong, Mm. is where you treat capital as a holy book, and you treat Marx as a prophet, and you treat Marxism as a religion. uh, And then you have a... You know, Vanguard Party. You have this kind of Leninist model where it's like, look, no one else is going to get it, but us, the intellectuals. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we have to tell everyone what to
1: do because we're the only people who really fully understand materialism. No, our goal is yeah. to that like a lot more people become read guys and read books, yes. and that in general the uh, nature of the debate has a bit more rigor behind it, so yep. that we can collaboratively move
0: forward. It's a sp- the slow project of establishing, like, what what we need on the left, which is an intellectual culture. Yeah, yeah. and we don't we don't have a particularly strong in intellectual culture. Intellectualism is only really exists in the academy, which I think shapes people's perspective. Just as an institution shapes people's perspective too much for them to really be able to think yep. clearly about the world. To be perfectly honest, yeah.
2: Like I suppose for me, it's one of the things that this social media space does for people is it creates an environment where uh, you can't be wrong. It's too embarrassing to be wrong because mm. if you're wrong, you're gonna have a hundred people you will be going, owned. "Lol, mal, look at this idiot who's wrong." Owned, owned. You've been owned, and I haven't been owned because I'm not mad actually, but you're mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and that all Which truly sucks Cause you,
1: yeah, because you can't articulate a new idea or grapple with a new idea without like changing exactly how you think about it a bunch well, of times.
0: And it means that every thought you have, if you're trying to, like... If, if if the left is trying to have, like, strategic discussions on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, it means yeah, that, like, the most space you have bad. to articulate an idea is, like, you know, a few lines. Mm. And you just can't do it very well. Um, and mm. especially when there's this pressure for you to, like, not even articulate your current understanding of it, but to articulate the perfect understanding of it. So I
1: think, in like... I, I really I think it feels like we're kind of coming to a close on this. Mm. And in summary, like w- this is a dad cast, which means we hate the social medias and we want you to read a book. Yeah. It's time to read a book. It's time to read a book. But also we <laughs> may be I may be a dad, but I'm not your dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so like you, you don't fine, don't read a book. I don't care. Read a different book. Mm. Whatever. But I do think it's like
2: that is, is how I conceive of this Is that it's okay for Like Marx is It's not right about everything Like yeah. you read a book To form your own opinion Of the book You don't read a book Like To Learn what you're supposed to believe. There is yeah, nothing yeah, that yeah. you're
0: supposed to believe. It doesn't matter what you're supposed to believe. What like yeah. what we need is to be able to artic- Like is to be able to form a st- strategy that brings us closer to a better world. Yeah, like it really doesn't matter what you. It, honestly, it doesn't matter what you believe at all in that. It matters if you're like you could be completely wrong and just like be wrong about what strategy you think you're doing, and it just happened to work and happened to to move society in the right way. That's just as good as if you had a really good thought, <laughs> and like you do exactly what you do, and it works exactly the way you think. It's just, in terms of, like, the probability of moving in the way we want, we want to increase that probability, <laughs> you mm. know?
1: <laughs> you fail 100% of the social revolutions that you don't That's take. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: so, do we want to talk now a little bit about capitalism? What is it? What's capitalism? Why did, And why do we want to talk about capitalism? I mean,
0: firstly, because we're in it. And that... As, as I understand it mm. Capitalism is a particular And like I've heard people say That this idea, mode of production Is the really key innovation that Marx made Yes Where he's talking about like How a given society A, a given social formation Produces the things mm. in that society That it, it needs to continue on So whether that's yeah. like You know, the food, the material resources The like, the arms The armour The yeah. grain the transportation mythology, the little space boys, the little space boys, like the various items um, and people who like produ- like who continue to make that society. The exact mechanism, conf- conf- you know, it, it could be millions of distinct ones, but they've all you can you could label them. There's a mode of production, um, and the capitalist mode of production is one where things are produced by um, having a certain degree of capital going combining that capital with, uh, in the market with labor and with other resources, producing some sort of commodity, taking that commodity to market, selling it, and then coming back with a little bit more capital and repeating that. Which is different to, say, a king being like, actually, you just owe me um all the grain, a certain it's amount of grain. You owe, you, you owe this amount of grain, and a tithe of little space. And boys. for that, you can, you can stay on this land. Um, and the reason for this is because God said so. You know. Yeah,
1: and also I have the guys with the swords, which is kind of fundamental to most of them. Yeah, guys yeah, with yeah, swords
0: yeah. Fun- fundamental to most.
1: I hope to learn more about this after reading the book. Personally, <laughs> I don't. Know, the thing is, I don't know much about fucking capitalism, other than the experience of living under it. I guess. Yeah, well, you know that it exists, right? And that's yeah, one thing
2: that everyone socks. knows if they think about it as like, well, we have a capitalist society. Yeah. Um, and like, one of the things, the more you think about, oh, we have a capitalist society, the more questions start to emerge, right? Like we, mm. I guess for me, like I'm looking around this room now and there's like a stuffed dinosaur and a pot of coffee and a lamp and a laptop and mm-hmm. a bunch of, and some uh, Lots Quite of a of nappies Quite a lot of, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of <laughs> nappies a lot of, Right And all of this stuff was made by somebody somewhere um, And it all got here by some sort of method
1: Yeah And the nature of Probably a van
2: Yeah, probably a van Chances are, so that's I it started, We can go home
1: I'm a courier now these days I drive a van a lot I know, yeah. you know I've been thinking about vans You yeah, don't get much we, stuff without a van taking something somewhere That's true um,
2: yeah, we look around the world and it's full of stuff. The nature of being in the world is that you mostly don't think about the uh, millions of processes that put this stuff in the right place. But you do, I think, you understand that you're embedded in
1: some kind of. You're governed in some way.
2: There's some kind of system of power. There's some person who has well, power. Well, I mean, yeah,
1: like if you want more Little Space Boys or yeah. a Cherry Danish, you don't just get them, you have yeah. to purchase them with. Cash dollars, which you got given for your fucking precious time and energy. So, like, something about all of that f- sucks and leads to some consequences. And I guess we've got to think about them.
2: Yeah. Well, you know that you have to have a job. You know that if you don't have a job, you're fucked. Like, you know that... that's yeah, pretty bad. Unless yeah. you're already rich. Yeah. True. Um, you know that you've got oh, to have baby. a job. You it's know that you've got to have a house. Uh, you know that, like, you've got to make these calculations all the time in your life. Now, you may start asking yourself, why do I have to have a job? Why do I have to live in a house? Mm-hmm. Why do I have to... And wait, I'm actually making some quite complex calculations about what kind of job do I have to get? What do I have to do to get that job? Why am I making these decisions and not other decisions? Um, and we, like, we also like, we know that there are people who are powerful and who get to decide the terms on which you get to do this stuff. Who are these people? Why do they have so much power? Why don't I have the power? Can I please have the power? Why <laughs> won't you give me the power? And it's these questions. Like, the more, for me, the more you think about capitalism, the more questions you have and the less clear anything becomes.
1: Hmm. And therefore, we should read the book.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think one of the, like, one of the things is, how are the, collect- like, how are the energies of people directed? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, all three of us in this room and all other people, I guess, have a certain capacity to make stuff happen. Like, we could all yeah. go and dig a hole. We I like holes. We could all read a book together mm-hmm. um, and talk about it. Like, how all these... You could drive a van around. We could drive a van around. And I guess how energies are directed is very interesting in society, particularly right now, right? Because of climate change. Because we've got, like, mm. a, a particular kind of, like, temporal like Mm. of of serious consequences Mm -hmm. that like that to avoid we need to direct energies in certain ways Mm. so finding out how and why human energies are directed is actually quite important this is true and i think that's from what i understand what capital is really trying to describe is Mm. various modes of production are how energies are directed, how human energies are directed, and by what mechanism. And capital is one form of those, and that's the one I'm told we're living in. I want to know how energy is directed in this one so that we could make some sort of meaningful progress on, on changing how energy is directed and get them to be directed at what I want them to be directed at, which is making a nice life for me and my friends and my children to go to the beach, mm-hmm. and not making... Like, not directing energies towards producing, like, faffy little space boys.
1: Well, um, you, you can have a, a few little face space boys as a yeah, treat.
0: There's
2: there's a lot of people who will tell you that capitalism actually is very good. And I don't really think capitalism is good or bad. I think capitalism is just a historical it just process. It's, just a th- it's a thing that exists, I think. It's like asking whether, I don't know, China is good or bad. It's just not a meaningful question. Well, it
1: is, and China is good. That's true. If you're listening, Xi. That's true, actually. But like...
0: I think it's more like asking if rain is good or bad. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, exactly.
1: Yeah, and that depends on whether or not you have a fucking umbrella at the time.
2: Just for me, there's a lot of people who will tell you that capitalism is good. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of people who will try to theorise about what capitalism is. I think that our... Understanding of our own society is we know that we're in a capitalist society, and I also don't think that what I've been told about what capitalism is and how it works is very convincing, and I don't think it explains a lot of the questions mm. that I have about capitalism. Um, mm. and so for me, turning to Marx is a way like there's a lot of questions about power, um, and about culture, and about who makes the decisions, and about how it feels to be a person under capitalism that are not, for me, explained by what I've always been told about capitalism. Mm. And so, for me, that's a that's a very big part of why I want to know more about capitalism and why I want to read this book about it.
0: Hmm. I think that's yeah, check good. Check out. Yeah. I think you should tune in next month.
1: <laughs> yeah, you have one whole month to read chapter one. Yeah. yeah. Find a book.
0: Do it. And also, like, if you don't and you decide to pick it up in a few months, you could read six chapters and listen to six episodes in a month or two Well, you if mean, you've come across this podcast in, in like in two or three years, time. you know? Yeah. like <laughs> Okay, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do this at your own pace. This is going to sit up there on the internet and you can listen to this also, whenever you feel like it. Yeah,
1: as inspiration but also hopefully like... Find someone else to talk to about this. I think,
0: and and send us a message if you feel like it. If you've had, yeah,
1: via messenger pigeon, send us a message on our Twitter or whatever. Um, Yeah, even though we've spent a lot of this episode railing about how Twitter's shit, it's really
0: bad. But like, you know, how else? Um, Yeah,
1: I don't know. And why isn't there another thing that isn't Twitter that's just as good as Twitter? Hopefully, something I can answer after reading the
0: book. Yeah. So yeah. If you have any particularly interesting thoughts at any point, let em, let us know. Or if anything you just want us to talk about, that's fine. Except we'll be mostly we'll be talking about yeah capital. Sorry that this has been a little bit of a bad episode. <laughs> I could have slept more. <laughs> I couldn't have slept much less. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I think let just end on that cackle. I have nothing
0: else. Bye <laughs> you.